0: Hey, Bowlers, you're listening to Bull After Bull, episode 23 on Sunday, February 22nd, 2014. I'm smoking bowl after bowl. And I smoke! Bowl after bowl after bowl after bowl after bowl after bowl. And I smoke! Yes, it's 2015. (laughs) I promised I wouldn't restart again, so fuck it. It's 2015, folks. You should know that by now. I don't.
1: That's oh, a easy mistake, easy mistake.
0: Easy mistake. We're sitting down. Uh, I'm Spencer Pearson, of course, as always.
1: And I'm Lorian
2: Rose.
0: And we're here with Josh Chittum, the president That's of me. Mid-Missouri Normal, doer of many good things about town, connoisseur of jazz and other fine things.
1: Trying, trying. You know. um, Just appreciating, not hating.
0: You got to stop hating and start participating. Fact. So... Uh, There's a lot of things going on, and we're trying to do more episodes more frequently so we don't have to jam a bunch of crap into each episode, but uh, we do have a number of things to talk about today, including uh, Reagan-Lincoln Days, which we just got back from this weekend. Uh, That's like the Missouri Republicans' state convention, basically, and it was at the Marriott downtown in Kansas City over the weekend. How was that? It was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was interesting. But to be honest, it was like way less of a big deal than I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? Like I was like expecting like gala, like crazy, huge event, you know, like I think that most of the money just went straight to the Marriott, you know, and then there wasn't really a lot of money left to throw around, you know. Um, So the
1: hype was a bit much. It just seemed
0: like Rick Santorum was there.
1: Santorum I, was I saw the, a sad tweet picture of uh, Santorum there,
0: and it was just—I don't know—it was kind of anticlimactic. Like there was a few kids, like all the all the kids, like uh, kind of like ran over, you know, like when Santorum walked in the building. But um, it was just anticlimactic, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, I Mitch and I met uh, Mitch Richards and I actually met Santorum back in 2012 when he was mm-hmm. on the presidential campaign trail. I think I saw a YouTube video. Yes, yes. We filmed him. Uh, Mitch asked him the question of about uh, medical marijuana. Of course, you know, it was a non-starter for him, but uh, we got it all on tape and stuff. And, you know, I mean, the I, guy, okay, I, I don't know. He's just a guy, you know.
2: What did he say when you asked him about medical marijuana? Uh, he say-
0: said that he believes, because, you know, Mitch, the politically savvy dude that he is, like framed the question really well, I thought. You know, he's like... I really appreciate your opposition to Obamacare and the government intrusion uh, into medicine. Uh, Would you then support a sick patient's right, you know, cancer patient's right, to get medical marijuana to treat their symptoms, you know? And uh, I think his response was just something really standard, like I think that the government ought to be able to ban any drug if it's dangerous, you know, applying the cannabis was some kind of dangerous drug.
1: um, I've had a few drinks, but I, I think that his response is more so like Marinol, like, oh, yeah. Like, like he was more so advocating, like, a pharmaceutical-based, oh, no, we got those pills. We don't need, you know.
0: Right, well, people point to Marinol and... Uh, this
2: is,
1: it's, it's a cop-out, scapegoat, bullshit. I
2: absolutely. heard that they recalled Marinol.
0: I heard it's on, yeah, 1-800-BAD-DRUGS yeah. is what someone told me. Huh. I'm not sure what 1-800-BAD-DRUGS is, but I think it's... Sounds bad. Like a recalled drug program. But yeah, guys, don't worry. You don't need a medical read because uh, you already got Marinol. No, yeah,
1: pharmaceuticals figure it out. No big deal.
0: Um, what were the highlights, do you think, of Reagan well, Lincoln days?
2: We got there late Friday night, and uh, Spencer and I hadn't registered or anything, but we just kind of waltzed in and immediately started getting invites to um, hotel rooms, which yeah, the- were the hospitality suites. Yep. Um, so we just kind of. Hopped floor to floor and <laughs> partied with all these, you know, wannabe uh, senators and stuff. Well, most of we them wanted to be governor. <laughs> governor, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: there were several governor candidates, but uh, <coughs> Murphy. Good lord. Um. Sorry, my dog's just freaked out because the door opened up. How white was it? Oh, it was
1: very dark. stark. Yeah. Snow.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. There were... uh, I actually met uh, Paul Barry, who's a really cool guy, uh, lives in St. Louis. It's uh, Chuck Barry's nephew. Far out. Cool. And uh, he was saying that he was probably one of, like, four or five black guys there. Yeah. So it was just not really... It was was strange. Like, most of the... um, you know, not a lot of women there, but there w- there was more of a women presence in like, a few women tables. And I've been noticing that throughout, like, all different realms of political activism that this mm-hmm. uh, feminine energy is kind of surging up and, like, building up. Uh, you see it in our movement. You see it in... even at, yeah. Even at the Republican center, man, you know, where it's just, like... You know, supposedly they're having a war on women, but there were a few women groups there, you know, so...
1: To deny it is just that. To deny it. Yep. Yeah, women are awesome. Let's, you know, to, to discredit them is an injustice that's happened for far too long.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, we got the chance to actually meet Kurt Schaefer, our senator, who uh, wasn't in his office when we went to the mm-hmm. lobby day and show me cannabis on the, t- on the 10th of mm-hmm. February.
1: We're up at the LA.
0: Yep. But, uh, and it was Kurt. Well, you know, people have been kind of like poo pooing on Kurt talking about it to me for a while, you know, and, um, the first, you know, one of the first things he said to me when he found out what my, uh, main issue was, was like, you guys really haven't convinced me, you know, Qu- uh, quite yet. That's kind of how What's he it put it. Uh, you know, that's a good question. And I was kind of talking to him back and forth about it. But, uh, what I immediately started talking about was Jeff Mazanski, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, do you support? keeping Jeff locked up on the taxpayer's dime, you know, and he was like, hey, as a former prosecutor, I think that Jeff's situation is terrible, you know, and that his sentence is unjust, you know, so I thought that was good, you know, he, uh, everyone recognizes that uh, Jeff is just wasting a lot of taxpayer dollars, the government, you know, the government's wasting a lot of taxpayer dollars, and really it's just a... it's a crime to keep him in there, you know, uh, for a nonviolent crime is not hurting anyone. Uh, it's just insane. It's insane. Well,
1: at, at, at this point, the man is 61 years old. has spent more than a third of his life in a cage because of a plant. It's, yeah, like, It's ridiculous. I giggle because, yeah, it's absurd. Cruel it's, and unusual it's absolutely punishment. absurd. Like, so even if it is illegal. Punishment paid. Right. Man's been there for 21 fucking years, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, all right, so he broke the law. 21 years, probably long enough to serve over a plant. I don't think he's going to go
0: out and rush out to go buy some cannabis again. (laughs) No,
1: he's been fairly adamant on interviews that he would actually educate the youth. Absolutely. And work towards you know, stopping yep. people from getting into into such things.
0: Well, and that's one of the things that he says, too, is that uh, he's a guy that kids are going to listen to and respect because he's been there, you know? Mm-hmm. He's not like uh, most of these people who can try and tell you about drugs, and they've never done drugs, they've never seen drugs, they don't... Yeah. It's like, uh, like a, kind of a, a hard a to listen can- to. Like a
1: counselor who can't drive past a fucking Wendy's right. and, and not buy a Frosty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah. to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, but someone who's been there, done that. Uh, yeah, you know that they know what they're saying. They can relate. Absolutely. Um, yeah, free Jeff. Come so, on, come yeah. on. Thank you.
0: Thankfully, there's a new, intra- new bill Absolutely. that was introduced by uh, Shamed Dogen, uh, House Bill 978, that would release, well, it's written that it would release all uh, prisoners serving uh, life without parole for a nonviolent cannabis offense, mm-hmm. and as far as we know, that applies to Jeff. We don't know. I mean, we know that it does apply to Jeff, and it will free him if passed. But we don't know if there's other people that it would apply to. At Got this it. at this point, we don't know of anyone else. Yeah, that I don't think it's to. anyone
1: else. But um, <laughs> if they are, they sh- they should be freed as well. It's like Absolutely.
0: how would you how would you uh, go about looking that up? You know what I mean. What do you you call the Department of Corrections? Would you? Uh, I mean, it's like, is there a little tab for cannabis only? And then you check it I mean, is there a system? Well,
1: the, uh... It was a few weeks ago with the Women in Cannabis event at, uh, their Berlin where some of his family was there and they had mentioned that, you know, for years you couldn't find anything. Like, yeah, Jeff is in a cage, but you can't look it up. No one knows about it. Sure. Uh... So, you know, as far as looking that up, um, to me it's interesting that, you know, the cat sat there for a good long while before anyone ever knew anything. I mean, I just became aware of this just a couple years ago. That means for just short of two decades, the man (laughs) was in a box over this bullshit.
0: Yep. Um,
1: So, so, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, the the fact that uh, there, there's a bill there to free Jeff, um, I, I don't know if there's a more important issue as far as Missouri and cannabis right now. It really illustrates just the unjust lunacy uh, of the words we have on paper right now that dictate laws. You know this this is the actual word of the government. This is how things work. Right. You know, and you know. I think that as far as to just take the whole piece as a whole, you know, an entire thing and look at it, for Jeff, currently, no one in the state of Missouri can be sentenced to a life imprisonment over cannabis, right? Like, that has since expired?
0: Uh, it will exp- it will be stricken in 2017. 2017.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So legislation is, has been passed to... Yeah, revise the criminal codes. So, you know, whenever... It's not quite ex post facto law, mm-hmm. but it's kind of this idea that you went down for something that is no law. It, it's mm-hmm. almost the inverse of that.
0: And yeah, that's what Nixon was even citing as the reason he wanted to review the case before he left office. Now, sure, yeah, the, surely he needs to review it before then, but, uh, you know.
1: <sighs> Jeremiah, uh, do it, please.
0: I think he'll have to just to save face, uh, you know, if, well, if the. Uh, Dude, fuck if the if the legislators can like point to themselves and say, "Hey, the governor wouldn't just sign this piece of paper, so we had to mm-hmm. rush a bill through to get this poor guy out of jail," like poor guy out of prison, it's yeah. just.
1: I actually had some questions on, you know, well, why was this bill done? It was in fact my father said, well, if "The governor can pardon him." I go, "Yeah, yeah." He totally can. Yeah, but he has chosen not to. He, yeah, he has ignored
0: the issue. We're all wondering why he hasn't pardoned yet, and uh, that's why Dogan uh, introduced the bills because it's like, well, uh, if you're not going to do something about it, you know, we will make it happen. Um, and we got to meet him at uh, Lincoln Days as well.
2: Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah,
0: he's a nice guy.
2: Republican in St. He,
1: Louis, right? Yep.
2: He was dressed down, and uh, yeah, when we was, saw him, we were like. Oh, is that <laughs> is that Hoover's or is it not? <laughs> yeah, hey, he wasn't in
0: his suit. You know, he was just in some regular street clothes. Kind of, I guess you know, it was just regular stuff. It was awesome. Kind of threw us off. <laughs> what else went on at Reagan Days or Reagan Lincoln Days, as it's called?
2: Hmm. Well, we didn't have to register, which is kind of awesome. Yeah, that was nice. The registration. I house. did win this
0: uh, <laughs> awesome gift basket, and it was like themed, West and Missouri theme. So. uh I've never been to Weston, but my parents actually just went there and told me all the wonderful things about it. Uh, they really love their booze in Weston, and almost everything that was in the uh, box had something to do with booze or... McCormick Whiskey. McCormick. McCormick actually started there. And, you uh, rock got
1: sons of bitches will know something about McCormick Whiskey.
0: Platte Valley Moonshine, <laughs> since 1856. This is definitely a little uh, corn. It, or uh, corn. Yes, it is corn. 100%, 100%. straight corn whiskey. And uh, there's a little jug of that in there. Sean? Some tequila rose strawberry madness, uh, strawberry cream.
1: Get a shot of that for my mother.
0: Some, uh, <laughs> this is 360 vodka, which I had never heard of before. Green but as it gets. Uh, yeah, and, and all local, like local labeling, local glass, local grain. Uh, Missouri distilled, Missouri bottled, Missouri glass, Missouri labels, Missouri owned and operated. It's like. And Josh, you're telling me that uh, you yeah. were telling me that you send this in after you use it. The, the only lid? thing you
1: can't recycle is the cap, and which you just mail it back to the company, yep. and they sterilize it and put it back on another bottle.
0: The it's... lid says, uh, "When you are finished with the cap, send it back."
1: So that's crazy awesome. really that's wonderful. Cool. I think they even like utilize wind power. The leftover um, mash, I believe, it's called for the fermentation sure. process, is fed. Uh, Pigs in the area, they they really super sustainable company. I mean, it's almost to the point where they're they're exploiting the green market. <laughs> sure, but but hell yeah, do it, man. Right. Be as market, green as you fucking can. The
0: market to exploit, it's that one for you sure. You
1: know, uh and the the price point ain't bad. It's really pretty cheap vodka. Honestly, three sixty Missouri buy local. Well,
0: here we're gonna try a shot of it while while we're cheers rolling with rose. Yeah. Cheers, cheers, fellas. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's that shit. So uh, mm. we got to plan a trip to Weston soon.
2: Heck yeah.
0: That'll be I'll very say cool. At the
2: Murphy Bed and Breakfast. <laughs> yeah, Murphy House.
0: <laughs> yeah, I we mean, saw that. We saw a little ad in our basket for the Murphy House B and B.
1: I hope that small producers, you know, like the. Um, Coors, Anaheuser, InBev, those folks, I think probably will try to guard their market on intoxicants. Sure. But I'm hoping that individuals such as the folks in Weston will see an opportunity um, and really just a reason to like, oh, well, yeah, you deserve, it. you deserve this as much as I do. Sure. And get behind it. So I'm calling you out, Weston producers and yeah. – uh,
0: You're talking about a a legal cannabis market? Exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, to get on that boulevard, Schlafly.
0: uh, Lorian and I were on Steve Spellman's show on KOPN a few weeks back and uh, talking about what the legal market would look like. And we were talking, you know, we were talking, if you look at the alcohol market today where there's, you know, there's huge producers that produce, you know quantity over quality and the price is low and uh mm-hmm. you can get it in any store in america and then there's other producers Budweiser, but you know budweiser bush uh pbr that kind of thing right. and then there's other producers that are handcrafted or like super local micro micro brews uh you know Hogboat, exactly Broadway. yeah yeah
1: grindstone
0: and Fire uh branch
1: yeah i think in, I a,
0: in, a, in a in a legal cannabis market you would probably see the same thing you would see you know you definitely have your marlboro greens as everybody's highly anticipating but you also you know you would also have uh you know just the super micro grow you know of like the expert dude who knows what he's doing and takes his time and it's not mass produced you know you like small batch bourbon like a small batch single barrel bourbon you're gonna have you're gonna have the single plant like the the Mm -hmm. top bud you know like the cone, the middle, the middle bud. There's gonna be sell. You're gonna sell that for extra, you know. And you're gonna be able to appreciate the bud so much more, you know.
1: It's just like you have the ribeye, you have the chuck. Exactly. You know, like whenever you cut up a cow, yep. there are prime pieces. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whenever you dissect the cannabis plant, there are prime pieces. Absolutely. Uh, and and yeah, you know, however you want to do that. Um, no, absolutely. You know, that's just really the travesty is the fact that a legal market hasn't been allowed Right to expand and figure out those things Mm -hmm. where you know do we treat a plant like a damned animal Right that we we, you know dissect where there's good parts or bad parts or do we grind it all up and you know do it do it like X, Y, or Z Um, yeah just uh, you know the whole idea of adding regulation to a market um, really just not only in the the legitimization of the market but it allows it to expand and uh really explore and stretch its roots to figure out um all the different ways it can go
0: definitely well we highly anticipate that market for sure uh <laughs> you know our livelihoods will probably depend on it man and uh just the jobs that we're saying no to it's ridiculous so you know how we talked to you last time about cannabis cup while we were out there you know uh people are making money hand over fist in in California. It's the wild west of weed out there. It's crazy. It's, I mean, the prices are insanely low on everything. And, uh, I mean, it's incredible, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just such a, it's, it's such a reassuring sign, you know, because now you go out there and you realize how much, legitimized money is behind this right now it's a legitimate industry it has industry lobbyists it has industry funding and the only reason it's not a bigger industry is because we don't see it it's underground it's a black market but no doubt there's a cannabis industry in missouri you know no doubt no doubt yeah, i mean yeah, absolutely this even a
1: crossroads
0: even in uh the the loopholes of tobacco and you, you head shops sell glass pipes as tobacco pipes, you know, there's just a, there's an above ground industry in a gray market for that kind of thing. But then, you know, what are you going to put in those pipes? You know, kids are getting mm-hmm. weed and adults are getting weed and old people are getting weed. Grandparents are getting weed. Uh, your teachers at school are getting weed like lots and lots of Missourians smoke weed all the time. And there is already a market. And this is, this is what we don't really like to talk about or, think about often you know we like to
1: talk about it well
0: yeah yeah. proverbial
1: they don't like to talk about it
0: yeah well and also
1: submit that is not a situation unique to Missouri absolutely not right successful individuals and highly successful individuals and not so successful individuals (laughs) all of them there are subgroups of those that smoke cannabis right you know like it's just
0: a it's a cross demographic it's it's one of the
1: damn things. mm-hmm you know, uh, there, there's there's nothing really inherently unique about cannabis consumption. I mean, really, the the whole Israeli studies about we have a cannabinoid system, and like that's that's proven, that's peer reviewed. Like yeah. that is in our body. Mm-hmm. Whenever I found that out, it was like okay, yep this this plant really is meant for for, for humans. Absolutely. I mean, it's
0: like, like uh... it's
1: not even a vitamin okay so it's like a vitamin that i can get from x y and z yeah there's literally one thing (laughs) that can help this system in my body yep and that's cannabis
0: cannabis it's all cannabis and it's
1: it's
2: more than just healing humans too it can heal the world like hemp has so many different uses you know and uh we yep. have an industrial hemp bill. No, so absolutely.
1: Like, no, thank you for saying that because you, you're talking about you know Missouri. Yeah. And as far as Missouri agriculture, I remember you know being indoctrinated by the FFA that agriculture is food, fiber, and fuel. Okay. Yep. And there's really only one plant that I can safely say is food, fiber, and fuel. All three. And, and that is the hemp plant. Yep. Okay. It is literally all three of those things. It is personification of agriculture by my FFA teacher if I ever saw one. Okay? <laughs> there you go. You know, plant those seeds, let them prosper. Right. Um, and, and, yeah, the, the wonderful thing about Missouri, especially with climate change, is that we are going to be able to grow two hemp crops a year. Like, shit's thawing, okay? We'll be able to, pl- like, plant a hemp crop mm-hmm. in early March. Grow it up tall, harvest in the middle of the summer, plant again, and then harvest in the fall. Like, the idea of having a crop where you're going to have two harvests a year yeah, is pretty damn it's sweet. It's a game changer, <laughs> okay? especially
0: with the versatility, you know, because you're sending it – You're sending Fruit, that stuff fiber, everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to do with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it's like the seeds can – really primarily the food and fuel right and the stocks will be fiber forever yep well i mean i don't know the number but it is a multi-billion dollar industry right americans importing hemp yep that has grown other places we buy they it manufacture from canada
0: the, we buy it other from china
1: and uh you know why are we not growing that here
0: yeah it's 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 absurd really uh missouri and kentucky used to battle it out throughout the 1800s as the number one hemp producing state
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh our, our 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 land Missouri is perfect for it. Perfect for it, and cool. you know those uh, small harvest times. You could even uh, use it as a rotational crop in the off season of your other crop. Mm-hmm. You know, it does great at replenishing the nutrients in your fields, and absolutely uh, as a rotational crop, it's you know.
1: It also essentially takes no chemicals to grow. That whole like weed thing, yeah grows like a damn weed especially whenever you grow it in the hemp sense okay because that's you know the fact that people are opposed to hemp because someone might get high off it is just so asinine (laughs) it hurts my goddamn brain because like hemp is grown for the stock sure you know like they grow it for the exact opposite reason yep ...of why you would want to grow a psychoactive right. plant. The
0: seeds and stems <laughs> is what you want in So hemp. like
1: those hemp fields, mm-hmm. there's not a damn good bud in there. Right. But hell yeah, you can make some stuff out of it. Yep. You know? Make your T-shirt. Hempcrete, you can make a damn house out of hemp. It really is incredible. B- because, you know, you know, like University of Missouri here in town. All that money they have spent on soybean research, okay? All that shit they can do with soybeans... They can also do that with hemp, which is way better than soybeans. Okay, because because you don't have to spray Roundup on them. Right, they grow like a weed. It it, it don't take no special care. Mm-hmm. It, bleh, done. Yep. <laughs> Two
0: harvests a year. And the leaves, like bugs eating the leaves, is no problem. They just eat the leaves, you know. And there's mm-hmm. more leaves to be had. And the, the leaves aren't even an important part of the plant, you know, for survival.
1: Not at all. I mean, I, they're they're important to the extent of. Photosynthesis is right. necessary to right. You know, sustain plant life But that's it mm-hmm. But,
0: uh, Yeah, I think that, uh we got, we got a little cheat sheet of the Show me cannabis uh, Legislative update Basically um, This is what we had in the Capitol. We told you about the uh, uh, The lobby day that we went to on the 10th So uh, There's a couple medical bills Or, uh there's a couple of medical bills. There's a couple of hemp, industrial hemp industrial bills. Hemp. And then uh, this bottom one is the CBD expansion, I believe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so the CBD oil law is the only law that Missouri has managed to pass yet, really, concerning cannabis uh, uh, liberalization, legalization, call it what you may. Yeah. The only allowable cannabis product right now in Missouri is CBD oil. And the original bill that passed limited the licensing to two licenses correct. in the entire state. Uh, and it also limits the conditions to a certain type of epilepsy, uh, correct, which is, you know, obviously a, a tiny, tiny, tiny victory and a huge tragedy for a lot of reasons. You know, it leaves a lot of people out. Uh, Absolutely. That, and that's the tough part. really the, the main thing it leaves out, uh, are cannabis patients you know people who need the whole plant people who need the thc the activated thc the oh my god it could also make you feel good thc you need that uh you know cbd oil does not cure kill cancer cells you know correct the the whole cannabis plant and the whole cannabis oil with activated thc that is what kills cancer cells that is what i've seen missourians i've seen this old guy who uh, pulled uh, skin tumors out of his arms because he just rubbed, you know, after chemo didn't work, uh, he rubbed oil on his tumors just directly and after weeks was able to just pull them out by the root and is cancer free. You oh know,
1: Lord, that's far out, man. I remember, I've never, yeah. I've, I've honestly never heard that story. You know, for me, it's crazy to, you know, dissect this plant because – it's not just CBD or THC. There's like 70?
0: There's a lot of cannabinoids. So
1: I think, like, please look it up. Let's, let's I'm get definitely real number.
0: Gonna, yeah, I'm definitely going to Google it. And the it. thing is, they, they don't
1: give proper research. Okay, so no, I don't think there's a, a, an actual real number. But the point being, there are so many things that affect different yada, 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 yada. Uh... That really can't help. Like, cannabis does help. It is medicine. So to, to deny that from sick patients is
0: uh, silly. According to Wikipedia, the book of knowledge, uh, at least 85 different cannabinoids have been isolated in the cannabis plant. Uh, and then it shows the little doodles of all their uh, chemical structures, which is nice. There's... Different types, right? So, um, obviously, the main ones that we know are THC and CBD, but there's many different types of uh, even those. Um, and this oh, goes yeah. on and on. But, yeah, uh, like or you were 85. saying, 85. And uh, <laughs> there are also many uh, cannabinoids in other plants, not just in marijuana, I was saying. Uh, not just in the cannabis plant, but... Uh, other plants. Where is that link Wikipedia?
1: The uh the main source that I have found and it could have been disproven at this point of cannabinoids, it's actually black pepper. Huh. Wow.
2: Uh
1: if you if <laughs> you gave a Google to black pepper and cannabinoids, I think you'd turn up a result. I could be wrong. Uh if I if, if I'm wrong, then we'll cor- oh, yeah. correct it on the thing, but Lorien seems to
2: Caryophyline beta carryof
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Remember uh
2: we were reading that book. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: we read some medical book and throat. it was uh it was talking about the different uh oh man, I don't even need to talk about this cuz I don't know what I'm talking about, but uh um
2: I think there's like six subclasses of cannabinoids um or natural components I mean of uh, cool. the cannabis plant.
1: Yeah. Uh, I read that somewhere one time and I was like, hell yeah, i want to put black pepper on everything because I like it. Yeah. And it's good for me. Because <laughs> I am pretty confident I cannot overload my cannabinoid system.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, that's correct. I mean, no one's been able to overdose on cannabis. Like, mm.
1: before hashtags existed, <laughs> my hashtag for cannabis was it helps. It helps. So whether that's It helps agriculture. It helps sick people. It helps the economy. X, Y, Z. I don't know. It helps. It does, and
0: it helps across the board. I mean, we're we're about to end this madness, though. We're so close upon it.
1: Abso-fucking-lutely, man.
0: Tell us, let's rewind a bit and go back before this weekend. Last Monday was our Mid-Missouri Normals' first, like, public yeah, uh, membership meeting. Uh, so tell us a little about that.
1: So I guess that was uh, February 16th? Is that right? Sounds okay. right. So that's uh, real close to three months from the day where I sent an email to the, to Dan Beats and said, hey, there's been some cannabis activism in Columbia for a long time now, but it Seemingly student-ran, why is there not a, quote, adult, right grown person? (laughs) Is there a
0: normal for grown-ups?
1: You know, uh, because, yeah, anyone who's been to anything, like, my main point is, like, activism does not stop once you get a fucking degree. Absolutely. Or once you drop out, or if you never went to college. Like, activism does not have an age. There is no expiration date on activism. Like, activism till you die, okay?
0: See, a lot of my experience, uh, people are real worried about their boss might find out that they went to a normal meeting, you know? More so their bosses Uh, give
1: a fuck. Also, there's this thing, what's it called? Uh, oh, the first, first amendment. amendment. Right. Okay. No, <laughs> oh, wait. That yeah. number 1 amendment in the Bill of Rights after we amended the Constitution to give Americans even more freedom than they had. Right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. If you have a concern, oh, just go to the top of the list. Yep. It's got you covered.
0: Exactly. No, I mean it's 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 tremendous to me how many people uh come up to me and they like support you know they, they show silent support the but silent closet there's supporters there's so many especially people who live Ooh. in Jeff City who are like oh if I had a political opinion no no I can't even my boss would ah. it's like no uh, we got Sergeant Gary Wigert, uh, who's on the St. Louis Police Department and he was a Tea Party lobbyist and then uh, brought we brought him on to show me cannabis mm-hmm. he's a show me cannabis lobbyist and that dude successfully sued the St. Louis police because they were going to try yeah. and shut him up. They were going to try and tell him, you can't federal, lobby. right?
1: Like, yeah. yeah, that case? went all the
0: way to the federal, uh, yeah. Like to district, the, whatever to the fuck
1: we're in, seven maybe?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and a federal judge ruled that, yeah, you do have the first amendment right to free speech, <laughs> even though you're a cop. Who <laughs> the fuck? You can
1: actually <laughs> talk. I'll
0: be. And so, you know... Uh, uh, of anybody who's got to be worried about what their boss thinks of their cannabis activism, you got to think maybe a cop would be high on the list. And, uh yeah, that's, well, that's the first thing I tell anybody who has huge boss concerns. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh the cop that lobbies for us had huge boss concerns, too, but the, the federal courts took care of that.
1: If you're worried, the cop had the same worries and then won a federal judgment. Right. So, and
0: you're not alone. It's not like you're going out on a limb. Uh, we're all here, you know. No. Uh, we, and, and we're not, uh, I mean, I think the one thing that really encourages me about our normal group is that, uh, how normal we really are. You know what I mean? I mean, we're, uh, motivated, young, like, professionals. We're all, like, uh, been on this issue for a number of years you know many of us came up through the student activism thing but want like you said you know we want to keep it going we don't just want to fizzle out just because we're done with school you know that's
1: that's the thing is honestly i probably went to six normal meetings in my undergrad career sure like i basically did not do mizzou normal Mm -hmm. like i did a few times yeah and there were some good leaders i'm not hating yeah but it it never quite sparked my interest because... Right. Maybe I was m- mature for my age. <laughs> well... Uh, the- but, but, but yeah, no, I, I I think that this idea of having, you know, a real grown-ass person normal... Yeah. Is, ...is important. Um, And yeah, I would like to get some more folks there that, you know, establish people because, uh, I mean, hell, at this point, you know, I haven't checked our bank account, but we've raised... Basically, you know, a thousand bucks in a few months. mm mm-hmm. uh, You know, that's, that's not going to buy an election, but that's nothing to scoff at. Right. We have about a dozen board members that show up quite frequently. mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah. No, shit's happening.
0: Well, and the, the main thing about MU Normal that kind of uh, was a bummer before was just the, the learning curve involved in activism and leadership of any kind uh so I did I did a semester as vice president and then a next following semester as president of MU Normal, uh in 2010 I think or thereabouts. And you know, by the time I was done and passing the baton, I was finally starting to figure out how the fuck to run it, uh, you know. Institutional and then knowledge. yeah, once once you figure it out, you graduate. Uh thankfully we had guys like Scott Lauer who were still around to oh, kind of show Lauer. you the ropes and be a guy who's done it before, but you know, now that we have Mid Missouri Normal, we can have a group to catch everyone who's graduating and keep them involved. And then we have a leadership uh, that MU Normal can look up to and benefit from. We have, you know, established activists. I mean, guys like Dan Veets, too, you know, I mean, the Titans of the Titans Relentless. who have been, you know, been at it for decades. No
1: quit. No quit that just, blood.
0: Just keep going. No, no, I mean, to
1: have Dan in Missouri. Really is something special. Yeah, like I, you know, I, I I cannot ride his jock enough. (laughs) Um, You know, this issue has been moving since really the early sixties, mid Mm sixties or so, and Dan has been on it since I think like the early to mid seventies.
0: Right. Uh, Well, the the national. I'm not sure when he got on board with Norm, but the national founded in '74 pretty sure. And, I don't and think he was uh, much off that. Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's the thing, you know, let's say it was 75, just like SNL.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 40
1: years. Yep. Okay. 4 decades of constant act- activism. Um
0: yeah. And that, that's, that's why you see Missouri on these mm-hmm. listicles of the next state to legalize, you know. That's why we're on there. And that's why, you know, everything is in place because we have people who have been giving their life blood to this cause for 40 years.
1: And, yeah, I mean, really it's Dan that's been, been doing that, to, to, to be truly totally sure. honest. Um, Definitely. But I also feel – and I haven't been to the other, co- other countries, excuse me, the states, uh, you know, trying to legalize cannabis. Um, but I do feel that the people I know in Missouri um, are highly motivated – and also highly intelligent.
0: So capable, so capable. Um, like like yeah, John art.
1: Payne, such a great executive director for Show Me Candidates. For sure. You know, Amber Langston, done great things, great things. Mm-hmm. Aaron Malin, great things, great things. Um, obviously Dan. Yep. You know, <laughs> he, he, he's the old guard, but, you know, talk about Dan to almost be insulting, we should, we should probably come like, with a symbol like Prince. <laughs> you know, like, there are no words. There's just a thing.
0: You have to like, sing his name like, <laughs> David! <irrel�>
1: so, yeah. Uh, you know, something like that. We're going to have to
0: go back and clip that out, probably, and use that.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But <laughs> know, uh, Missouri is, you know, pretty fortunate. I also think that just the psyche of Missouri... Um, that Mark Twain, just populist, real person, um, the old adage of show me, um, you know, the the fact, you know, show me Candace is, is very real. Uh, we don't take bullshit in Missouri. We really don't.
0: Yeah. It's very skeptical, very mistrusting of like Washington politics Mm -hmm. or outsiders or, uh, so-called studies that we haven't seen, you know?
1: Okay, you say that, but Mm -hmm. show me.
0: Show me. Mm -hmm. Show me. Um, Because I I know what I've seen. And that, you know, uh, it's great for the cannabis movement to be in the show me state. Because we know, uh, the citizens of Missouri know about weed. Uh, And if they don't know because they've smoked it, they know because they know people who smoke Mm -hmm. it. And Absolutely. everyone knows about weed here because, you know, it is the show me. It is the, I mean, that's such a great description of our of our people.
1: Oh, I think we have the best state motto of any state. Honest to God.
0: Live free and die is definitely up there, but show me is just.
1: Uh, okay, I'll give it a neck and neck because live free and die <laughs> is badass. I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm, I am that's, not going to d- deny New Hampshire's awesomeness.
0: But then, you know, you got places like the Buckeye State. It's like, All right. Uh, we're we're a net Cool. cool. The state's a nut.
1: Um, you know, I actually think, and I love the state, but the worst state motto is Colorado. They're the Centennial State.
0: Centennial State.
1: Because they incorporated in 1876. Oh ah, okay. Like, oh, we're a hundred years old. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got no fucking creativity, so I guess we're Centennial. Because you'd they're think so it, awesome. You'd... They got mountains. They got, like, right. like Colorado has so many things outside of the fact that, oh, hey, we happened on the 100th anniversary of America. But, yeah. I well, James that... Missioner has a novel oh. named Sen- Century or Centennial. Hmm. Um, I don't know, Mishner. Hell of a nonfiction writer, <laughs> really. Good to check out.
0: The... Uh... I'm trying to I'm running down things to talk about on this uh note card and it mentions that we have a landline which is interesting. Uh right. so bull, bull after bull has a phone number now that you can call. Uh we ask that you not abuse it and we're giving you a lot of faith. But uh we have a business line and obviously for uh we're going to try and kick up our advertising game and our, you know, try to uh uh-oh. uh-oh. Jenna's ringing us already. we um, we we're, we're, we're going to try to uh market our advertising abilities and uh kind of reach out in that world, monetize this somehow so that we can, you know, make the show better and make the show more relevant and, you know, funnel the money right back into activism and uh, you know, change things through the podcast. But uh if you want to leave a message for the show or a comment, you can dial 573-443-0321. And that's the Bull After Bull number there. Uh, Also, alternatively, you can send me an email, spencer at bullafterbull.com.
1: Or you
2: can send me an email, (laughs) morian at bullafterbull.com.
1: Or you can send MidMissouri an email (laughs) at info at midmonormal.org. So info at midmonormal.org.
0: Info at midmonormal.org. That'll get you right to Josh's inbox directly.
1: The good stuff. The through good a stuff. through a
0: slick little uh, forwarding address there. Um. So that's fun. That's fun. We have a landline. If you uh you know if you have something clever enough, we might put it on the show. Um. But if you're an asshole, we probably will just ignore you. Uh, plugging some upcoming events. Uh, this week there are several bills before our legislators. Uh tomorrow, are, tomorrow tomorrow there's a hearing on uh 800. Correct. Just uh, the medical uh hearing. House
1: bill 800 there uh medical cannabis. Um you know I've read most of the bill I haven't I have not read it, it in its entirety. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the uh fact that there is a non-refundable $25,000 application. Yep. And the fact that you have to prove that you have five hundred thousand half a million dollars in the bank of liquid assets mm-hmm. is just really prohibitive
0: very prohibitive, of, uh, Yes. you know
1: and then the real kicker is that sick people and caregivers cannot grow the cannabis right so like if you're sick you should be able to make your own medicine you know I, I am an activist for total legalization. That's very clear. Mm-hmm. But like just as a, as a compassionate human how the hell can you not say, "Oh yeah, a sick person should be able to grow their own medicine." Uh so yeah, the the bill is a step. Right. But it's it's kind of, it's kind of a misstep.
0: Yeah, uh I mean there's it's very concerning that uh there's this protectionist scheme kind of built for uh, rich establishment players, you know. Um, it's going to lock out a lot. Obviously, uh, the only people that are going to be able to swoop in and play this are current industry players now. And so people from Colorado, uh, California right. could maybe sweep in. But That
1: is the 1% of the
0: 1%. To right.
1: have $500,000 yeah. in Half a, million. a bank account. It's okay. like,
0: it's not so even it's, a net worth question of like, you have $500,000 tied up in some stocks and bonds and some pro- no, it, and some land and property. It, no. Cash. No. Cash in the bank. Liquid assets, 500 grand. Now, now, why in the hell would the government, like, what, what is it?
1: I mean, you would need a lot of capital to get a business like that going. Um, I have talked to an individual that wanted to put a residency requirement on it. Right. And... You know, I kind of said, like, I feel you, but I right. got like Stan Kroenke. I don't know Stan, but his residency requirement is met at the wazoo. And any, any sort of money, oh, 500K in the bank? Right. Brrr, I can make some money? Done. Right. Okay. You know, so. Right. The, 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 the car, like, residency really doesn't stop money. Like nope. there's money in state. Yep. Missouri's not New York, California, whatever. But there's there is money here. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. So like we ain't gonna stop the money, uh, and we ain't gonna you know stop no residency. Right. So we just have to have a decent laws that really do allow for an open marketplace. Mm. Like I want patients to get their medicine, but it ha like it's it's economics. I only took microecon and, and macro, you know. I, I don't have have a degree in it. Right. But economics is it's not simple, but it is. Yeah. It really is. You know, there there's certain things that just kind of happen whenever you have a marketplace.
0: Right, and you know the 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 fair market approach is needed desperately in this because uh, you're you're already seeing the effects. Of when you tamper with the market and when you artificially, you know, well, the, the, the prohibition that's in place right now is fucking with the market completely. Uh, it jacks the risk way up. It jacks all the prices way uh-huh. up. Quality control goes down the shit. There's no incentive to take care of your customers. There's no incentive to do anything except for make a bunch of money and protect your turf by any means necessary. Uh you know, with uh, with with a white market, which I was talking to the Missourian reporter about. You know, they just did that article where three of our board members were quoted. as pretty cool. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. But I was talking uh, about he did a
1: good job. Actually, he did great. Honestly, Canvas is uh, sometimes covered questionably, but it was a good article. Right. really.
0: I mean, it was yeah. I, there was just not a negative word. Speaking of, I'm I know I'm jumping tracks a lot in this little endless little bit, but. There's a Newsweek special edition uh, that's all about cannabis right now. It's still on the shelves for like another week. We need to go out and probably Absolutely. get some of those for auction items and stuff. But this issue just covers cannabis. Like
1: As it should.
0: Unbiasedly presents, uh, for the most part, you know, this positive image of cannabis as a versatile. Uh, plant of many uses and medicinal value and uh you know it's talking about i mean once once you get the special edition uh newsweek prints uh, it's like this is history in the making this is what's happening right now it's like the thumb on the national pulse if you will uh seeing this is just incredible
2: um and it, it's cool too because it had like so many different perspectives in there. There's an article from their point of view of a law enforcement officer who feels like his job is to enforce the law, and the law is that cannabis is illegal. And, um, you know, just kind of getting the human side on that is kind of nice, because sometimes cannabis activists don't, you know, look through the lens of law enforcement or whatever. Right, absolutely. But um, there's also, like, this great little gallery of propaganda throughout the ages... Um, which is a lot of fun to look through, you know, the reefer madness stuff, kind of ridiculous, but still going on today. There's still propaganda being created and disseminated on the internet, so it's, it's gotta incredible. always be weary.
0: Um, I met a parent recently who's uh really worried that her kid is addicted to cannabis, and uh,
1: addicted, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, is that possible? Well, you know, I, I. I'm of the opinion that you can be addicted to everything or anything. Anything. But that um, our our, our understanding of addiction is so off base. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way we've been taught addiction works and how to treat it has been so uh, fucked. There's just no other word for it. It's fucked. And uh, uh, people point to the, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Rat Park study. But basically in the 70s, so, uh, rewinding further back, in the 40s and 50s, uh, they did these lab rat studies, right, about addiction, uh, where they would hook a rat up to an IV and keep it in an isolated cage, and, uh, it could hit a button for water or hit a button for drugs, and eventually the mouse would learn that it can get high hitting this button, and then it would just basically OD itself eventually, um... And so that study worried a lot of people. They thought, you know, these drugs are, you know, if made freely available to people, they will kill themselves on the drugs. And so it was a huge push to, you know, scientific study that indicated we should ban the drugs. Well, uh, in the 70s, the, a group of scientists wanted to replicate the study, but they wanted to make sure that the environmental factor was looked at. Because... Uh, you know this this uh, i believe it was a phd student thought you know if i was shut up in a cage and my only option was to just get myself high to relieve the misery of being in a cage i probably would do the hey, same thing i get high i probably would do the same thing and so they did this rat park experiment where the control group was the same group of mice that were given uh, or rats you know the lab rats that were given the regular water in the, in the drug water and put in their little isolated cage. And then there was an experiment group of a rat park where uh, there was a community of rats, and they were given a lot of things to do and play with and wheels to run in and different things, and they were all put in the same cage, you know, a big community of rats. And they were also given the opportunity to get regular water or drugs water. And uh, the study found that the the rats in the community didn't take the drugs, really. They just te- took the clean water uh, because they had everything they needed, basically. They didn't need an escape. They didn't need any kind of uh, They, they didn't, had they community. Didn't, they had community. They had love. They didn't have a hole in themselves to fill. Uh, they further did another study where they oh. took these uh, control group rats, right? These rats that had got themselves addicted on uh, the cocaine water or the heroin water or whatever was in the water. Some you know, highly a, addictive drug was in the water. And they found that when they had introduced the uh, previously isolated rats into the la- uh, rat park that over a couple of weeks, the rats s- slowly st- weaned off the drugs and stopped taking drugs and joined the community. Uh, and it just is a huge, it just flies in the face of how we've been treating addiction for all these years because what do we do to addicts? We take Isolate. them out of the home and we throw them in a cage. And we throw them in, not only just in a, in a, in a we don't throw them in a cage in a science lab. We throw them in a cage with a bunch of violent criminals. We throw them in a cage with rapists, murderers, thieves. And, uh, you know, we expect that 14 months in that hole will make them come out a better person. Especially when... They come out with a felony drug charge. They can't get a job because they have to tell every employer, yeah, I have a felony drug charge. Uh, They can't rejoin society. They're still in that cage, essentially, when they get out. And where do they turn to? The only way many people with felony drug charges can make any money is to return to the black market. So you've created a cycle of imprisonment and of poverty and of addiction in an attempt to treat addiction.
1: And also, you know, the uh, the subtitle for most incarceration is con college. Okay, so right, right. You know, convicts go to college to learn how to be better convicts. Right. So they went in for X, but learned how to do Y and Z. Right.
0: Real well. It was like uh, George Young. You know, he never started mm-hmm. shipping huge fucking trans you know transporting yeah, huge amounts of coke movie. until he went to prison for uh, to learn pot how to do it. he got pot for pot and then he went to prison and then guys are like oh pot you you, fuck, you could make a lot of money cocaine you got come on cocaine, cocaine by the time he got out of prison he was like oh cocaine prison does not cure drug addicts it will never cure drug addicts no
1: it also won't cure capitalism it won't because cure. so much of the market is provided Not by drug addicts, but by people that realize there is an underserved market, and I must serve that market. Right. Okay? Like, it is simple. Dollars and cents, ones and zeros. It's not hard, folks. Like, this is not some sort of far out of the left field. We got to legalize X, Y, and Z. Like yeah people right. buy this shit
0: period the weed in my joint does not give a shit whether it's legal or not it still combusts you know the, the laws of economics and the laws of physics much to our legislature's chagrin they supersede the laws of the state and federal governments and local governments and all governments the laws of physics and the laws of economics are not going to care they flow through, the silly laws of man. Okay. And so, uh, you know. To to avoid preaching to the choir further, perhaps we should plug some events. We've plug got it. we've got the uh, Scotch tasting coming up. That's oh, that uh, March second. You've got to get your hands Ooh. on some of the tickets there. It's going to be a week from Monday.
1: Correct. Uh, Doctor Seuss's birthday. March second. There's the grand crew. Uh, I believe we uh, starts at six. Get yes. your ticket, twenty bones. And get you six drinks of some top-notch, delicious scotch. Yep. All right.
0: Well, it's 20, 25 for a single, but forty for a double. So all right. Well, you gotta, gotta, you gotta date. You gotta you gotta find a friend to bring. Find a date. A pretty well, lady who loves scotch. You know, or or if you're a lady, you gotta extra find bucks. You know, find a sugar daddy or something.
1: Yeah. Not expensive to get in. <laughs> then after that, we'll have an exquisite it poker tournament oh yeah a little texas hold'em style uh and some nice be, prizes uh,
2: yeah a prize from grassroots so very
0: nice
1: there'll yep. be a prize from the jazz series A prize from probably everyone sitting here you uh, will be rewarded i'm for trying to participating get some show me tournament.
0: gear too yeah uh there was something that i had for for third place, I guess I should wait to make the announcement though on the on the Facebook page. Uh, check Mid Missouri Normals Facebook page for the details as they roll out. I was kind of gonna just announce the poker prizes totally. like uh, over do. time. You know, I'll first we're, announce what third we're prize is, close to and likes, what actually. second prize is, and then third uh, first place. Let's
1: get let's get the five hundred by March second. I think can we, we can do, do that? that. I
0: think we can do that. Are uh, you
1: fuckers listening,
0: bowlers? Go like Mid Missouri Normals Facebook page. And then go like the bull after bull page Because that shit's struggling man uh, oh, yeah. That's got about half the viewers of Invisory Normal well, I've
1: liked it but I'm, I'm going to like it twice I'm
0: It's funny it. because uh, A lot of people don't know what podcasts are Or don't listen to them or Where you know, am I? It's it's a new medium It's a weird like thing. Yeah
1: but it totally makes sense Come on if, if you don't get this then you don't get it Absolutely <laughs> this, is, this is how it works now
0: this is this is the new radio. This is the new talk radio. Yes.
1: This is the future. You don't no have to. No more Brian uh, Williams. No more Brian Williams. <laughs> what to a lion sack of shit! Okay, <laughs> I mean, like a sack of potatoes that motherfucker slays there. <laughs> Christ Almighty! Oh yeah, I got hit by an RPG. Oh wait, I got <laughs> dysentery and fucking Katrina. I saw bodies float by. No. You're just a white fucking sack of shit
0: who lied. <laughs> he is a liar, lying liars who lies.
2: Lie like you lie, Brian. And he's definitely not the only <laughs> journalist oh, out there all the time. lying every single day. It's fucking embarrassing. <laughs>
0: that yeah, is kind of uh, funny that the the story leaves leaves that fact out. But it's it's sort of been like this shit on Brian Williams fest when you know. Brian Williams just got caught, but can can we go with a fine tooth comb over the shit that everyone says on TV every day? And uh, I'm sure we can find some shit. I mean, uh, all he had to say was this one thing about the RPG, and now everything is coming out. How he wasn't in uh, Tunisia or whatever. How or uh,
1: sure he's he is the whipping boy. It's just for me, I find it interesting that. Folks haven't, or, or I guess have, forgotten about the Dan Rather shit. Like, Dan Rather was forced out. Yeah. Because he, like, put up some documents that were forged. Oops. Like, and yeah, it, it, it was uh, fucking Bush. You know, no nobody likes Bush too much. But, right, like, there were legitimately AWOL documents that were forged that Dan rather put up on 60 minutes or you know a very very legitimate source you know if you can find it my favorite part about the, that whole story though is not that Dan rather sucks or yada 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 yeah but it was some crazy blogger that noticed like the typeface on the documents that were presented and they're like oh no. I know what the typeface looked like back in fucking nineteen sixty eight. That's no. not the typeface. <laughs> it's
0: the wrong font. No, that's
1: seriously. Crazy. Like that that caused a thirty year anchor man to be ousted. It was because a blogger kinda like a podcast.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Said, Yo Dang right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give a fuck about Bush but what you're telling is a lie
0: yeah absolutely so
1: hashtag mainstream media does lie does lie promise
0: yep promise um it's interesting to note that the uh, smith munt act was recently repealed and uh basically (laughs) (laughs) propaganda is now legal uh on the on the U and the on the federal uh, books. I
1: hear no evil, see no evil. The the,
0: the, this, the <laughs> is hiding in a scarf right now from from the from the propaganda, but yeah, uh, the smith munt Act was an act that um, prohibited the federal government from directly injecting propaganda into the media, and those laws have recently been repealed, so they no longer are on the books. So essentially, all the propaganda is legal. Not, you know, that there was probably much stopping them before, but now there's nothing. There's nothing stopping them. The news that you're listening to, you know, you, you got to go to those independent sources. There's us. There's wonderful dudes like No Agenda Podcast. Uh, You know, find the news that you know just comes from the source and... You know, you are the source in the end. You, the listener. You're listening to this right now. You decide what you're going to listen to next. Uh, Don't go to cable TV for your news because you know that that's bullshit. Do your own research. Uh, You know, dig for yourself. Find out your own answers. Because we in the Show Me State can tell you, if you didn't see it, you don't know it. You know, if you didn't watch it happen, if you weren't part of that experience then how can you verify that it is fact? You really can't. You know, any of this stuff pouring in about ISIS from the Middle East, from halfway around the globe, where almost all of us have never fucking been, and then everyone has an opinion about that kind of thing. You weren't, you know, you weren't there. The the, the opinion that you have formed is based upon the trickle of heavily prop, uh, propaganda-ridden information that you're able to scrape up from this and that yet people have such a high passionate uh, pro-Israel or pro-Palestine ideas you know all of these uh, weird differences that have been manufactured to divide us even further and keep us ineffective at uh, making our own lives better and loving one another it's just incredible it's incredible no,
1: the, the fact that humans are so apt to divide themselves on issues is really interesting because oftentimes the issues they divide themselves on are nothing.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, it is absolute like it is orchestrated bullshit by a party that gets them to you know, defer. But really no. They're the same folks. Um. Yeah. Please continue.
0: <laughs> the um we were talking about hearings. Tomorrow uh House Bill 800 gets heard. It's the medical bill that we mentioned before. Um with a few problems. So we'll have an opportunity to obviously thank the legislator for the legislation for uh trying to legalize yeah, medicinal marijuana but do saying so. Hey, uh, there's a few problems, and you know we need some amendments to this bill for sure. We need to pass some amendments. We need to get rid of some of these requirements, uh, we need to open the game up for any player who is legitimate. You know uh, that, and, and the free market takes care of that. You know, if you're a shitty person and you piss off everyone in town, no one's gonna come to your store, and you will go out of business. And that's true whether you have a half a million in the bank or not. You know, if right. you have bad. Uh, your customers are the ultimate police you know they're the ones that should be uh punishing or rewarding you not not some bureaucrat in Jefferson City who has before this year never even known that marijuana could be medicine you know what i mean those aren't the kind of people you want uh making up all the rules for how it works you know you want some me- you want some industry experts you want some medical patients you want maybe some people who have used cannabis for a while and know how it works. Uh, some Outside growers.
1: bureaucrats. Someone who's yeah, yeah. actually right. been in the thick of it. Absolutely. Like, whether it's, you know, this or that or whatever. Just someone who's not only experienced the issue through silly bureaucratic, you know, Jefferson City bullshit.
2: And I think there should be an election. I think we should elect whoever these people are.
0: The board that decides the final regulations of the market.
1: Oh, please vote for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would love to. We Josh, would all love to Josh, be. Like, Josh
1: Chinn is <laughs> running for that board.
2: Cannabis Committee of <laughs> Missouri. I'd
1: be a good guy, I promise.
0: <laughs> the last item that I have here to, to discuss is the recent uh, introduction of two different bills on the federal level. That would really change the game up and would uh, legalize cannabis on a federal uh, level. Um, Jared Polis out of Colorado introduced uh, House Resolution 1013, which is also known as the Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol Act. Uh, that would remove the uh, it would remove cannabis from the Schedule One. Which has been something that oh, is Christ. just such a long time coming. Like Schedule One, I mean the, the hypocrisy and nonsense. Cocaine of
1: that. is Schedule Two.
0: Cocaine is Schedule Two. Heroin okay. is Schedule Two.
1: Um, like I can name some pretty hard drugs that are scheduled, so to speak, very much under the cannabis plant. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, well. I've been smoking the cannabis plant, and I got a fluffy dog in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. The uh, the
0: the House Resolution ten thirteen would also take uh, marijuana oversight, as they call it, uh, out of the jurisdiction of the Drug Enforcement Agency, and it would give it to ATF, uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. So
1: I actually think that's a good transfer, though, because. It's kind of like the whole regulate, regulating it like alcohol sure like, definitely this, this body has the authority to de- determine standards for blah, 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 right how to how alcohol, to consume a, you know?
0: I think though that uh eventually with the end game it I mean cannabis is not like alcohol it really isn't. it's uh it's a it's a very different thing it's a much much safer thing. Uh, it's a much less scary thing, you know. A lot of people are uh, just afraid. There were there were several old people over the weekend at Reagan Lincoln Days in the Republican Party who were just afraid. They were afraid of the presence of a cannabis leaf on a logo, and uh, and. Uh, all the time, you know, people are walking around just getting as drunk as they fucking can in any of these hospitality rooms. There's beer given out left and right, wine, whiskey, vodka, you name it. They're all drinking. They're all just getting liquored up. And yet and yet this substance, the what the DEA's own judge has been quoted as saying is the most Therapeutically safe substance known to man.
1: Or how about the the fucking... That is the
0: source of the fear.
1: Surgeon General saying there's legitimate medical use. Yeah, absolutely. And ultimately what makes me upset about that is we're giving clout to the federal government, which I hate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm a statist. Right.
1: Full disclosure. Josh Chittum, president of his journal, loves state politics, okay? So you're government. not a
0: statist, you're a federalist in the no, sense I'm, I'm that— I'm an anti-federalist. In the sense—well, an anti-federalist, but what 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 is the word I'm looking for? You're a states' rights guy, but— States' I rights. Statist is more of like a pro-government.
1: For, okay, government. yeah, I, I spoke. I'm just, yeah, states' rights. States' rights. All about
0: that, right. that Tenth Amendment. It's, it's like—
1: real. It's It's real. There's and a reason they included it guys. There's a reason
0: that the last bill in the bill of rights says, "Oh yeah, and if we didn't specifically say this else. is the Fed's job, then it's not the fucking Fed's job." I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty strong blanket statement and that was to I mean, the bill of rights any any uh person with a high school diploma knows that they had to put that in there because people were People had just revolted against England. They had just overthrown the motherfucking well, government. Was, was, they were not all about having another government. But
1: this was the go number two. We had the articles Articles of Confederation, right? And we, you know, had to find a happy medium. Like, well, we revolted, and the, the <laughs> Articles of Confederation didn't quite do the job. Right? Wish it did. But people we have just to couldn- have.
0: A, we got to get our shit together, right? We got to be able to. A little to... more teeth. Mm-hmm.
1: We have to have just a little more teeth in the legislation. Right. Seriously. Absolutely. Know? And. So that worked. But then, uh. Yeah. Otherwise, laissez faire. Let them be, man. Um, let them be.
0: So that was 1013. The. Polis introduced, regulate marijuana like alcohol, which we believe is a step in the right direction, but nowhere near the end game. Then there's a uh, house resolution 1014, the very next one. That's by, uh, representative Earl, uh, Blumenauer. He's out of Oregon. Uh, also a Democrat like Polis. Uh, that is called the marijuana tax revenue act of 2015. And it creates a federal excise tax on non-medical marijuana sales. And, uh, to quote from the official press release on Jared Polis' website, uh, moves this quickly growing industry out of the shadows, which is exactly what I've been saying all along. Okay, uh, quickly growing industry. Uh, yeah, in the sense that it's it's quickly being professionalized, and but as far as growing industry, I'm not sure if the number of people uh, involved are necessarily growing. I don't. Okay. I don't think. I don't necessarily think that's true. Uh, maybe there's more money in it, but maybe not. Uh, the reason that there might be more money in it is that, like I said, everything's being professionalized. Everything's being—I mean, the things that we saw for sale out in the cannabis cup were ridiculous. But uh, as a result of the the black market being destroyed, prices are actually going down. You know. So this is a billion-dollar industry, but it always has been a billion-dollar industry. Mm -hmm. The difference is that those billion dollars aren't going to some crazy cartels in Mexico who are running around uh, disappearing a bunch of college students, you know? Mm -hmm. The money is now going to legitimate, tax-paying American businesses. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, shit. Uh, who, who, Who could be against that? What do we need? I mean, the economy's in the shitter. Everyone is trying to find sustainable alternatives. Everyone is trying to find work, a fucking job. Uh, This is obviously the solution to all of our problems. Rolling out the legal white cannabis market, the above-ground cannabis market. It's, It's coming. It's the future. We are the future, ladies and gentlemen. Bowlers out there. <laughs> uh, we've talked about pretty much everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, Lorian, you've been quiet. I'm Did sorry, you have anything yeah, I've to been add? Really
2: quiet. not um,
0: oh, sorry, you're man. awesome.
2: Oh, Twin Peaks Day is coming up.
1: It's <laughs> Tuesday. Tuesday.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pie. Why don't you guys yeah. tell me about that? Because I <laughs> have been like out of the loop.
1: So the origin of Twin Peaks Day is uh, really taken from the actual series. Where Agent Dale Cooper rolls in and says, "Diane, today's February twenty-fourth at eleven a.m. I'm entering the town of Twin Peaks." So yeah, a wonderful, wonderful American-made television show. Um, it'll be the best. Starts theoretically on this Tuesday, the twenty-fourth. Very nice. Uh, so we'll have some coffee. Cherry pie. Some damn fine coffee. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to brew coffee so strong it'll (laughs) fucking take your arm off. All right. I'm so excited.
0: Very nice.
1: And, uh, yeah. Now, Twin Peaks is great. Just incredible. David Lynch is a treasure to us all.
0: Uh, it's it's awesome because, uh,. My late buddy Sam was a big Twin Peaks fan and was always pushing in, was always like, you need to watch this. And uh, I tried, you know, a number of times I tried to get into Twin Peaks, tried to watch it and I would get to maybe the fifth or sixth episode of season one and then like kind of lose steam or not come back to it or for whatever reason, good, whatever hey, reason. Bro. And then like, real good. Lauren and I watched the whole thing and it's just like,
2: and I was really into it. <laughs> it
0: is right around there and I'm not sure what you know each time I got further and further when I try, but then somehow it would fizzle out but when shit starts going off
1: you're know, like this is a
0: completely different thing than I was watching this is a completely different animal and uh, I mean if you're not inside the Twin Peaks universe and you're
1: no you do have to be into it
0: You're running around wasting your time on this fucking Walking Dead shit or the Mad Men. Like, come on if you're not watch you're something infringed. crazy watch something different watch something that will make you think what the fuck did i just watch the you hell? you weird donny darko stoners out there who haven't seen twin peaks like that do it yeah. that is the shit you need that is your homework assignment bowlers
2: and uh yeah for any bowie fans out there he does make a very firewalk quick me. appearance in the sequel prequel
1: prequel prequel, prequel. <laughs> also i mean for me, the, the main just awesomeness of Twin Peaks is literally the writer and director, both of them, had no intention of disclosing the end. So it was this perpetual, just continuous, we have no fucking idea what's happening storyline that, yeah, we'll just continue it. Whatever, you know, like, this guy's a killer, that guy's a killer, She's did this, he did that, I don't give a fuck, you know?
0: And that essentially is the formula for an American uh, soap opera, yeah? Just the whole convoluted, oh, well, this is a continuing oh. serial, we have these established characters,
1: the soap let's opera fuck it around
0: like, and then re-fuck it around and then re-fuck it around. If you
1: grew up watching soap opera, whether it was your mom, babysitter, or what the fuck ever, then you have to watch Twin Peaks, okay? Like, they just took the American Soap opera. It was like that next level shit. It was next level shit. Like, this is how it properly works, you know? Um, yeah, if, if that. This ridiculous melodrama.
0: I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um,
1: so yeah, this Thursday? Tuesday? That's correct. I'm <laughs> My defense is I'm petting a very pretty dog. He's so. a fluff monster.
0: Murphy,
2: Murphy is in Murphy. Josh's lap. <laughs> For all of those of you who can't see what's going on right now.
0: <laughs> We're sitting here in... Uh, our living room. This this podcast is like Doug Stanhope style sponsored by 360 Vodka. <laughs> uh, we have way fucking fancier sponsors than Doug Stanhope. Because uh, we cause we get we drink local. It's no plastic jug vodka here, my friends. This is 360.
1: fucking shit.
0: You gotta love it. Uh, we've been talking to Josh Chittum, uh, president of Mid-Missouri no, Normal, you, our fearless you. leader. Uh... Lorian has been chiming in.
2: Yeah, on occasion.
0: On the, on the mic number two there.
2: Wonderfully, yeah. Wonderfully. Thanks for uh, tuning in, everyone. And may your bulls burn ever brighter.